0: sometimes less is more what is up everybody welcome to episode 75 of the mtg untapped podcast i am your host i am the micah and joining me as always making his triumphant return to this podcast after missing last week he is my friend he is also yours he is costa how are you didn't you use the intro last week i don't
1: think so oh, maybe it was a week before
0: but i'm doing good how about you? You were here last week, but I listened to the podcast. Yes, you did. Did we? Well, right before we ask you if if we did, all right, without you, let's introduce because making his uh, second consecutive appearance, he is a um, mixtape aficionado. Um, the, I, I I I had an idea in my head and it just didn't come out my mouth properly. But he is Chrissy D. Chrissy D. Why don't you drop a few bars for us on this podcast? <laughs> no, thank you. you. I'm fine. Oh, we're not worthy of it, I guess. But yeah, so what how, how did you like our podcast, Sands U? It,
1: it was very good. It was very good. In fact, I was more willing to listen to it because I was not on it. So y'all did a great job. you held down the fort. There was, you know, Y'all know, yeah. you needed me yeah. to to maybe bridge some gaps there. But overall, the knowledge was uh, flowing throughout y'all's noggins for sure. I think Heck that's mostly yeah. my
2: fault, causing the bridges. It's Hard to tell exactly what I'm gonna stop, so like this game, oh, I, right
1: I just meant like uh, what's modern playable versus commander playable, but it's okay, it's okay. The
0: London Bridge is falling down, falling I don't down. That's to do with anything, falling but down. we mentioned bridges. Um, all right, let's kick this thing off with the phase. And we talked about that's something that's not magic but still kind of nerdy. And so, unless Koso also wants to mention sports, but you know, sports can be nerdy too. But this week. Uh, the day we are recording was the day after the release of the finale for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I think that should have just called it Kenobi, not just cut the Obi-Wan part. Just call it Kenobi. Cause, um, all oh, we can get into this, but yeah, so, uh, this is going to be full on spoilers. Skip ahead to the ish minute Mark. And if you don't want to hear anything like that, um, I'll give you, I'll give you my final thoughts. Um, I, I like the show. The last two episodes where you got more like Vader doing stuff, uh, I thought was, okay, that's what I wanted. But the show just didn't focus in on what people wanted, which was Kenobi. And while I feel like the payoff to what they wanted to give us, they kind of did really well. Um, In the end, I'm still kind of disappointed with the show because I expected greatness. When you get when you get Ewan McGregor back, Hayden Christensen in the suit. Um the Deborah Child did really good in The Mandalorian. It's I don't think uh Favro and filoni were credited as producers, but um it's there was, it's, people were expecting to be under their umbrella of Star Wars content, which they know they were two out of three. Mandalorian's are really good. Book of Boba Fett, meh. But um so yeah but uh before we get into mad spoilers kosa what are your thoughts yeah so
1: uh like i always say tempered my expectations so i was very happy with the the series overall uh i thought they did a pretty great job um you know i guess kind of doing some of the fill-in for the backstory um however i mean i agree it's uh, but as far as the adding more elements besides Kenobi essentially like they did with Boba Fett, right? It was, it almost seemed like it was hijacked by the Mandalorian. And I think that's just kind of a problem with Disney just in general, because I don't know how deep they're going to go with these stories. And I called BS originally when they were announcing the second season, like, Oh, like they always knew, but maybe they didn't. And so maybe that's why they try to cram in as much as they can just to fill in the story. Um, You know, a lot of these Star Wars arcs have been through books, um, a little bit of the Clone Wars, the series, which I'm not watching. um, Just I have it in the background a lot of times just to kind of get through it or whatnot. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they they, there was some really good elements. Um, Yeah, I I guess we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But God, it was kind of unbelievable. I think with like Kenobi's like, I'm a drunken, useless Jedi to. Uh, Thanos, uh, drop a meteor on your head, power level. I was just like, oh, uh, and then they made Vader so powerful. But anyways, yeah, that's my thought so far.
0: Yeah, so uh, there's a thing I wanted to mention real fast. I saw a thing, a pitch for season two of Kenobi. It's uh, Kenobi takes a late teens Luke Skywalker on an adventure to rescue Princess Leia uh, from the Death Star uh, where he has to confront Vader. Oh, wait, there that's just the plot to uh, A New Hope. Whoops. I thought that was kind of funny. Chris, have you watched this? I've only still seen the first few episodes.
2: So I've oh, been just uh, Sorry, guy. spent today watching the old Jurassic Park movies with my wife. She never watched any of them. Wow. Yeah, I just, there's so many things. She hasn't even watched like we watched four five, six. She's never seen one, two, three or seven, eight, nine in Star Wars.
0: you can skip all
2: seven eight
1: nine my life pretty much revolves around jurassic park and (laughs) the most peculiar no i'm serious like i like jurassic park and star wars is what i grew up watching and lion king apparently my parents told me that was in my jamies all the time watching those but i uh no like that's why i love dragons man because so when's your plan to
2: watch the new one in theaters
1: i actually saw it uh I, I thought it was pretty good too but what
0: did you think?
1: I, I, I thought it was pretty good i i like again i went in there not expecting to be like the first one nothing can compete with the first two i think those are the best ones by far um had a really nice little fan service getting all the the old you know like dr grant and dr seffler all in the malcolm malcolm all in the same shot with the new guys like really cool stuff um i really liked that they didn't visit the let's make a super dinosaur i think that was you know a little overkill so uh the spin on it which i won't tell you chris because even i didn't realize this was part of the movie but the spin on it was really interesting um yeah just an enjoyable movie i liked it
2: yeah i'll probably catch it when it comes out i mean i don't want to hurt your feelings but i hated jurassic world i do like the first three but the jurassic world was just like the teen heartthrob romance was i thought cliched and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some yeah. of the characters were really poorly written in my
0: opinion
1: no Jurassic world wasn't a big one for me it was fine but sorry mike go ahead tell us kenobi what you we were going to expand upon
0: i don't know i kind of want to talk about dinosaurs now um the confrontation between kenobi and vader is cool i get what you said like he's like from like where he was even a couple episodes ago yeah. Episode three, whenever Vader pushes, you know what, in, and so, um he like takes a bit of a beating from Vader. Then he has this anime moment where he's like, oh, "But the kids," and then he like, free, like use of the force that we haven't seen from the character before, just like those rocks just like exploding. He jumps out there like he's freaking Goku, and then he just like all out on the offensive, and then he just like full on like like the only person we've seen do something like what he did in that show was like emperor palpatine and then he's like what
1: it like <laughs> the the continuity is really hard on this right like so you oh, can, people are so mad that it's
0: breaking canon
1: well it's not even like just the fact it's, i don't even think the canon part i think like how am i supposed to believe that the new hope vader is that powerful i mean we saw nothing of the sword he's out there holding ships down dropping mountains on people uh not even needing a lightsaber to, lightsaber to defeat his opponent i mean i'm like this is insane do you like this guy and then you mean and then after all that kenobi's just like f you and what you can do because you know what i'm tired of sitting in the bahamas with my martini i'm gonna cover here and just put you to shame again little kid like i i thought it was just a little too much i don't get me wrong i really enjoyed it because at the end of the day that's what i expect i mean honestly like anytime you see a a fight with with jedi and stuff you're like why the hell aren't they doing this? Why aren't they using the force? Like when they're fighting, Mm -hmm. it's always lightsaber battles, but no one's ever using like these cool little tricks to like, to outdo your opponent. So I'm really glad that they like got into our heads and maybe people were asking for this before. and, And so they read up on it or whatever. And that's why they incorporated it. But I was like, a Little too late to be doing this, like so. Now, all of a sudden, when we go back to New Hope, like, oh, uh, you know, they shouldn't want to show us what Vader could do. So, it's really difficult to for me to believe, but I thoroughly enjoyed like a more realistic and when I say more realistic, and again, I just mean like what Jedi and and Sith Lords can actually do. Like, because before I just thought it was like, why are they even walking to places? Why, I mean, why aren't they pulling like a full on avatar? What's his name? The the guy that can airbend uh oxygen out of people's lungs. I'm like, why are they just flying around They're using the force? Like, let's do it. Let's go.
0: You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I mean? So, yeah, some Dragon Ball Z power scaling going on there for sure.
2: Well, you nope. always have to think th- also like Darth Vader gets older, right? How much time goes between Kenobi and
0: episode four?
1: They said it's only 10 years.
0: I yeah, yeah Or like four, be, 10 years ago, I could run it's it's 10 be miles. Eight or nine years. It's gonna be eight or nine years from Kenobi to Episode Four.
1: No, that's fair. I mean, I've—I I mean, just from three years ago, my basketball game has changed dramatically because of my age. I, but again, like Kenobi's supposed to be at the, what Vader's age is going to be when he gets there, and he's like just again like mossing on him. Like it's just—it just—I don't know. It just like like Michael just said the scaling on it's—it wasn't tempoed very well. I don't think so. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's part of that a lot a lot of. It's a very poorly written, I'll say there's enough fun stuff in it that makes it worth watching. For sure, but I'd say it is, it is a poorly written show. Um, but all right, let's move on to the untapped step. We're talking about magic that we played after, uh, over the past week. And all three of us partook in a commander legends battle for Baldur's gate drafts, held at juniors, comics and cards, uh, slaughter and man in South Austin. near the H E B over there. Um, we were in separate pods because we had two pods. Uh, not not the game pods, but like draft pods. We had like 16 people out there. Yeah. We had two full pods.
1: Uh, mine was was the seven and y'all's was
0: the eight. eight. And so, uh, yeah, so Chris and I were in the same pod. And then Costa was at the other table. And Chris and I were actually in the same game pod because we did it. Every other person was playing in in the same game. And so I guess I'll say how my draft went. Uh, I took, I can't remember what it's called. And I moved all the Commander Legends cards I thought I did. But I uh, took that, that bad board wipe. Uh, the one where you like pick a thing and then everyone sacrifices or exiles or stuff. That's more than its um, mana value, I think it is. I can't remember what it's called. But uh, I first picked that and then another white card. And I was like, screw it. I'm forcing mono white. And that's what I did. And eventually, I had a, what's it called, Lulu the Flying Elephant Angel, um, as my commander, and then the uh, Flaming Fist background that gave it gives a whenever your commander attacks, it gets double strike. And so that was my deck, and it just had I had like three of the Pegasus Adventure things, two of the Guardian Nagas. Uh, I saw one of those, I saw one Guardian Naga, and it was countered by someone in this podcast. And then um, I saw none of the Pegasus, even though I had three of them. But uh, yeah, so my the way I drafted it, I went full on memeing. I'm just taking all the white cards and that's how my draft went. Let's do Chris since he was in my pod and then we'll do round it out with Costa.
2: Yeah, I was three seats to your left and I was uh, that was the draft where I totally abandoned my first pack. Like, the whole pack. I was red-black, and I decided blue and white seemed so open, so that's what I drafted. And it worked out in that I won, but I think it was probably the worst deck I've ever drafted. And I had barely enough playables. And um, part of winning was mostly just goading Micah's creatures so that they would attack everyone but me. And his Lulu plus Double Strike enchantment was doing like 14 damage a turn so my opponents had to block with like 6-6 flying drag dragons and then I just swept up oh and I looked up the the wrath it was sculpted sunburst so it has to do with the power level of the creature and not the um, mana cost it's why you can counter it by killing the creature in response or not if they have no board it won't work
0: Gotcha.
1: Costa. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I went ahead and I tried another uh, uh, legendary creature background combo. Kind of forgot the names of them, but basically I had the three two that uh, when you attack, target creature is unblockable. Then you return that creature. Then the combat or in a turn or whatever, and then the enchantment that I had uh, was a fl- the flicker one. You basically like flicker if you control your commander um at the end step um deck was okay uh i'm starting to learn though that just in general so y'all y'all heard someone make the comment whatever because because uh there were everyone you will ask my opinion for decks and someone was like why does everyone ask costa and then someone made the comment he has a podcast i'm like that doesn't mean anything like i'm not i'm like i'm okay but i'm not that great so but people I think i was the one that said that What? which one
0: i think i was i was like you he has a podcast about magic oh
1: uh, okay that might have been you whatever but it was funny because like people bought into that on my table and i was the first one gone so i was just kind of like eh, that's fine but and plus the deck wasn't constructed very well i like the problem that i made with the deck I, like i didn't have enough things to really uh take advantage of the flickering like i had some etb abilities in there um The other thing is I died way too quickly. Like, literally, I think I was dead by like turn six. Like, they just, like, went really ham on me for some reason. (laughs) So I didn't really get to see what it could have done. But uh, it definitely couldn't stop uh, three people trying to kill me. So, Uh, but it was fun. Uh, I mean, this was the first time that I went out first because I won the last two. And um, so, yeah. uh, I don't know. Baldur's Gate has been really interesting. Like, uh, a lot of people have had issue, which we'll get into later about the what could have been done to make the set better but uh between like the i don't know value that's lacking and the gameplays have been really good but then even then i'm just i'm still very frustrated with the backgrounds and like just how underwhelming they are like i'm not compelled to make a background partner deck because they're just i'm like do i really want to play this enchantment that only works with my commanders out there just seems really meh so but yeah that was my uh my week
0: Flaming Fist worked very well with Lulu and tech, except the, I ended up being able to not be able to play my deck. People are helping helping me put me on skates basically where it's like, alright, Micah, you have to do this. Alright, Micah, you have to do this. Although I did kind of finagle my way into second because um, I was like, well, no, I made a deal and then uh, someone at the in this podcast immediately said, uh, contracts aren't legally binding or something like that and uh, proceeded to kill. I was already dead, so I wasn't really upset about it. But I was like, yeah I ended up killing as I was in uh, the other two members of our pod were uh, shaver and machete and uh, we i ended up just like my freaking elephant got huge and then um the funniest but because like uh Chris over there was actually playing that same uh who, the that blue girl commander whatever that makes the thing unblockable and he kept hitting us with this damn one one that with myriad and it was so it was hilarious how much value he got out of that. It's, it was pretty funny.
2: Yeah, the myriad token had uh, my background was my creature token skip plus two plus two, so it was like attacking with a three three every turn, and one of them was unblockable. So it I think it total it did like thirty damage to all three players, but it was my only one one. It was my only myriad creature. And I found Myriad to be really useful, really powerful in this format. I think one of the Red Dragon, the five mana four three, is also like incredible and probably what people should be doing, just because it gets in so much damage uh, unanswered. And it, as a common, it just feels really good.
1: It's like the TM Mats aggressor or something like that,
2: right? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. And actually, that wasn't it for us, Chris, because we also got together on Saturday, didn't we? Kind of forgot That's about true. that which is uh, we'll, we'll get into the shortly why that, why I was reminded of that. But yeah, then Chris and I and a few others uh, gathered on Saturday for uh, some more commander. And then um, <clears throat> we ended up uh, breaking out another commander's box, uh, Daniel's box. He wanted to draft it. Um, and then he ended up taking uh, <clears throat> Chris ended up using one of the commanders. I had one with uh, gut, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
2: I used g- gut. I mean, I tried to do the treasure thing with it. I mostly wanted to play a commander in a background, which I hadn't done yet, uh, besides on Friday. But I mean, those weren't really synergistic. This was like the two mana enchantment that makes artifacts when you attack someone and the three mana 2-2 that you can sac an artifact to make a 4-1 menace. So I figured I can cut all my playables into one color because of what we were doing. We decided to draft the whole box with six people so it was four packs and then we also um played a full pod of all six people so that it was kind of
1: wild uh, <laughs> weird it was it took it a while really,
2: it took way longer than we expected
1: yeah it was it was wild weird and long um definitely an interesting thing i ended up getting the raised by giants enchantment so give your commander it turns into a 10 10 and then my I actually forgot what, what the actual commander was because I never got to play it, but it was like a 3-2 that did something, but I was in green It's a
2: three-minute, three-two-minutes, three right? Yeah,
1: the yeah, black that's one. it. Oh, if I have like four more creatures in the yard, I can randomly put one back in my hand at the end, step or something like that.
2: Oh, yeah, that's the uncommon, yeah. uh, the drow.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so... uh I had a really nice engine, but the thing it was kind of interesting. I thought that I was going to have a long time to dirtle, and it ended up turning out that with six players, you actually have less time to dirtle, because that's five people that have something they need to do, which is like, oh, you have nothing on the field. Attack you. Attack you. Attack you. It's like, oh, yeah, this is really bad because they're just well, going to want to attack me.
2: Between uh, me and Daniel both playing Myriad Creatures, and then I don't remember the name of the person on the far end who is playing Victor. Red, Green, Dragons, Victor. but yeah those just do like 17 every turn <laughs> with like every creature he has in play so it's just like people are dying really fast
1: yeah i was like oh this did not work out really well the deck was seemed really fun like it had a really strong engine and it was going i even got Bobby yaga in there and um i had the the ten ten dragon in there i had the recursion uh but damn i got like to hell which is honestly okay because i needed to skate out of there anyway but i was just like what the hell like this i could not dirt all. so yeah that was uh that was our weekend pretty fun stuff
2: i'm not gonna lie actually having played that deck the same deck the first week it feels like black green is good but it's just a little too slow you know yeah. it feels almost like a true repeat of Baldur's gate where red black artifact tokeny stuff is just like the thing you should be doing just right. it gets you so far ahead and just makes it so easy to kill so cool
1: yeah i can agree with that actually so anyways
0: alrighty then that leads us to our next segment one that we will not forget this week like we did a couple weeks ago i don't know underplayed edh card of the week we still need to figure out like a cooler name for this segment but um uh, so our criteria under 5% on EDH rec, a card we think should be higher than that and played in more of your EDH decks. This week we have Costa. What do you got for us?
1: So the reason why I remembered about our Saturday is because my card is a card, again, thanks to Chris. I, I, it's the second time I've actually used a card that he's played. Uh, as Out my, of the same
2: deck too?
1: Out of Well, you only have two decks, so it's 50-50 there. uh, (laughs) So uh, yeah, you played a very interesting card, one that I really like. It's Jinx Choker. So this is a three-mana artifact from Mirrodin. At the beginning of your turn, target opponent gains control of Jinx Choker and puts a charge counter on it. At the beginning of, of your upkeep, Jinx Choker deals damage to you equal to the number of charge counters on it. Then it has an activated ability for three, put a charge counter on Jinx Choker, Or remove one from it Uh, this card was really awesome because uh, we've been talking lately about like just how commander games like you want them you want to keep them going and so like last year's commander legends uh, had monarch brought more monarch to the table this year they did it with the initiative Uh, but there's some cards laying around that like just encouraged you to do something granted this card doesn't really force you to attack per se but it does keep the game moving relatively well, and so basically, how this turn like to sum up this card for you: turn one, uh, essentially like turn one, I play it, pass it to the next player, and the next player passes it to the next player, and then it passes it to the next player. So if it just went into the rotation, when it comes back to you, it deals four damage, and then the next rotation, it deals eight damage. So you can see how quickly this spirals out of control. I thought this card was extremely great for a game where if you are in a play group uh, that everyone is doing the dirtily thing, let's say everyone's hiding behind like pillow fort decks or uh, everyone is just doing battle cruisers type stuff. And it takes a long time to develop the board. This card is like extremely great for those, for those kinds of uh, groups of, uh, of your play groups. And so, this card is highly underrated. Uh, I also think uh, obviously this card is very underplayed, it's at zero percent. It's only in 1300 decks out of 1 million 1. 1.2 million decks. So, uh, that that can play it, so very underplayed. I think this is like the uh, like the exact. Like we've talked about like the breadth of this uh segment. This is like the breadth of the segment. Like, no one plays this card and they should be playing it. It's been out for like 20 years, so good, good, good play there uh mr mr crazy d
2: yeah if i could just further on it i want to say that um it's a colorless card so anyone can play it and the the fact that it's purely political i can see why people don't play it but at the same time like you can use it politically right it doesn't have to go around the table hot potato style it can go to just the pillow folk player you can all decide you die you know so it's kind of interesting, like that.
1: No, nah, it worked out really great in our in our game. I was I was really happy to see it. Now I am gonna have a hard time figuring out where I want to slot it. And I definitely think this is not niche. It, it definitely there are certain decks you're gonna to want to put it in, but for the most part, this is. I mean, if you had two on the table, though, oh my god, <laughs> what a what a game!
2: I think any deck that uses counters can play it. Right, you could put it in Atraxa a traxa and just deliver yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. I play it in Zedru's so that I can always pass it along. It doesn't. It still does the damage to me, but at least I draw cards and sometimes gain one or two life of it. Right, right.
0: Alrighty then. Your underplayed EDH card of the week is Jinxed Choker. Let's move on to our main topic today, and we have more double masters to talk about. So last week, whenever Chrissy D and I recorded, there was about fifty or so cards that have been spoiled now we have a lot more uh i believe at this point we're only missing one rare because as we were recording they actually uh, previewed smothering tithe is going to be in this set and, oh uh,
1: what i was wondering yep there it is Woo, Dang.
0: yep so um i believe we have one more rare and i don't know if we have any more mythics that have yet to be spoiled but um uh, yeah, so I feel like we have, we've seen most of it at this point. Monster of Tour
1: was the last mythic.
0: All right, so we have all the mythics and all but one of the rares. And uh, so we basically have all the juicy, juicy stuff. There's some stuff that'll be, there's like EDH playables and like fun limited stuff. But in terms of like what people really want in a master set, we basically have it now. And um, let's start off with Costa because he had some thoughts he didn't get to share last week. And now that we have most of everything, um, I want to get your thoughts.
1: Well, they didn't age well because I remember messaging you a couple of days later saying I'm just not a fan of the set, um, especially when uh, I don't know why Imperial Sill got me very jaded, but um, I was listening to y'all, then I talked to y'all about this afterwards, so this isn't really any new information, but I felt like Imperial Sil was one of those cards where it's like, oh, look at this shiny thing that does nothing. Um, it's a card where I don't think it's a very powerful commander card, but because of its very scarce supply um, and the fact that it is still a tutor and it is niche in some decks, like Yuriko wants this for sure because of like topping matters as a strategy for that Commander in specific, uh, but when I saw that, I was like, "This is what the set is going to be like." Like, I, I just didn't, I wasn't seeing good cards, and then I was, and then my in my head, I was like, "Oh, like I've already, we've already seen most of the cards." I didn't realize how much they still had to go. Like, I didn't even know what the drop was or whatever. Um, and so, after a couple of days, I kept spoiling more and more and more. Uh, my opinion has turned a little bit. Am I still upset that things like Lord of Extinction, which have been printed? To the ground are in here as a mythic, absolutely. And from what I know, Amanatu, right? The planeswalker, like the face planeswalker on this box, doesn't have an alternate art, right? Like, as far as do y'all know that other than like it's etched foiling? I don't think it does.
2: Which planeswalker?
1: The Amanatu, the white, blue, black, Esper, three drop i have no idea i know that's like a very small thing but like the renin set the renin six got the alternate art and Amanati didn't which i found really weird also there's the nickel bolus planeswalker in here that doesn't have an alternate art either and i was just kind of like they kind of missed the ball i think on some of this like what they could have done alternates on i mean i'm really happy they did it like on the on the Karoo lands and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just kind of like all over the place, but they definitely did put some quality cards in here a lot more than I thought they were going to put because yeah, the the first couple of days is like, this is trash, Um, but it's gotten a little bit better. So it's gotten to the point. Let's put it this way that I, I I was, I was going to get a collector booster. I, then I wasn't. And I'm at the point now, like, I think I'm going to get it. I just want to see what the formulation drop is. Like, I don't want to get like, I don't know alternate art forbidden orchard as my like bo- as like my box promo is it being like the high pick like i want to make sure that like i'm maybe we'll get like a force of negation or something like higher up or something i don't know but
0: that's kind of where i'm at right now cool uh chris now that you've seen more of the set what do you think about it now
2: i'm still excited i actually went the inverse of costa where At first I was high, then I was low, and now I'm back up high again. Um, Speaking of a card similar to how you felt about the um, Black Tutor is the red, also from Portal Three Kingdoms. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that card is expensive because it was in Portal Three Kingdoms, but there's three different versions of it. It really shouldn't be expensive
1: yeah warrior's oath yeah no i said the same thing when i saw the mike that told me he's like it's a portals card i was like okay because this card like sucks so
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it gets played in one legacy deck that plays like 12 of those same card but that's it
1: your 12th and in one EDH deck Mm -hmm. i was gonna say your 12th copy is the most expensive copy whoop dee
0: (laughs) and it's only in the uh what's that uh grixis legend from commander legends one that allows you to like end your turn oh yes uh, the
1: cap i know not talked about though that's like the pirate right like the pirate the or something like that? Yeah. there's
0: also an artifact that does that too yeah but it's like what's when the that commander got out they like all these uh extra turn but you lose um got a little bit more popular because they just slide really well into that but um yeah as for me i guess uh um, part of me is like really excited because this is the first uh, master set release where I'm employed uh, which is a really cool thing and then uh, but then like seeing it there's like a lot of like I feel like because like because of that way like I was like because I was pretty excited and then I was like man there's a lot of cards that will be a topic that we'll talk about after this but I was like oh, there's a, l- a lot of that kind of like filler. And then I was like, "Oh, never mind." There's some like juice in here, and like freaking like just like looking through Goldfish right now. I'm like, "There's one line like you yeah, have like Bitter Blossom, tight cavernous Souls, tight Concordant Crossroads, World Enchantment coming back in 2022. Let's go, Con- uh, Consecrated Sphinx. That's a card I want. Crucible Worlds. That's a card I want. There's a lot. There's a lot of really juicy stuff. Food Chain. All the freaking Eldrazi. Even though we knew about the Eldrazi last week when Chrissy D and I recorded." Uh, can we get that uh uh spit uh bar spit yet Chrissy d can we can we get that yet no no okay all right uh mana drain is like there's a lot of juicy stuff red and six that's awesome um so like my, my excitement has crept back up and I feel like even like' the kind of like more dud rares it's like huh I wonder how this is gonna play out in limited uh so I'd say like I was I, I never sank too low because I was always like yeah i can buy this buy into this set a little bit um so uh yeah i i was never too low i i said hi and the past few days have been like i remember like costa texted me that and i was like yeah you're you're kind of right and then immediately after like the following days they're just like all right now here's the juicy stuff because i appreciate sure like the next day was the day they spoiled force negation and mana drain
1: yeah it was it was and then we got aether vial two right after that i was just like okay there's actually some modern cards in here what so
0: yeah so let's uh kind of bleed this into like what we want to talk about and there is a lot of edh stuff in this set so the point where a lot of people are saying it's basically another commander supplemental product more than anything else and i actually wanted to get um chris's because i I remember coast and i was texting about this but there was a statement that was said by Seth of MTG Goldfish where he said there's a lot of Commander stuff in this set that really felt like it should have been in Commander Legends, but they couldn't put it in Commander Legends because it was a D&D set. Does this mean that Commander Legends should be a strictly magic uh, themed set moving forward? So like this kind of thing, because obviously this has been in the, this cake's been in the oven for a while now. Magic, they're like two years ahead of us at least. Uh, but do you think that's what do you think about that uh, sentiment Chris that there's we got all this commander stuff because they couldn't put it in the commander legend set that just came out
2: I would say I would rather have it than not right I mean I was listening to the drive to work and the last couple ones were talking about um you know vision design and leading a design from the art perspective from the beginning to the end. And yes, they sometimes know what they're going to be doing and they had, they just have to do the best they can to make the decisions that they make. And I'm happy with it. I'm, I think the excitement is there. And I think if you open a $50 commander card, it doesn't matter that it's a commander card. They still play well in Limited, especially because it's going to be a three-color focus set, and again, I would rather just have them than not have them. If you were to ask me, should it always be like, Baldur's Gates are commander-focused? Should they include reprints? You know, that's... I'm not a designer. I can't tell them whether or not that's the right decision i like what they did and i like the flavor of that set yeah it was a little underwhelming but you know you you as long as you enjoy it it's fine
0: one thing that i think they probably could have done is they should have just done the godzilla style like reskins for like what like who's like a popular lich from D D? Imagine there was a Moldrotha that was like like it's never mind, it's this character from D D. I feel like they could have done that. They could have done that a bit more. Because I actually really agreed with that. I was like, Dane that actually does make a lot of sense. Because obviously it's a master set. It's not gonna be devoid of commander stuff. But for a while there, all we were getting in terms of spoilers was these giant doofy three color legends and stuff that I only saw playing Commander. So I kind of get what like that sentiment. I, I kind of agree with it. But I also feel like you made some good points there. It's like they had to give it to us. And I feel like there were probably a few creative ways they could have done it other than the way that they did. You know?
1: Well, the thing that I think that is really, I think what the double masters, at least in my opinion, why people are making these comments and what exposed the, the flaw with having a, basically two premium sets back to back was, we're seeing in this premium set we we're getting all the cards that we already got last year so for example we got mana drain which is like kind of a big one to me honestly uh we got that one in the last commander Legends set and now we're getting it in a double master set that's a month after the commander legends why don't you just re-put it back into a DD set where mana drain doesn't really it's not magic focus, like it's not a character it's just a a card, right? It's like a name of something that's being implied. Imperial Seal another card where you could have easily slotted in there. Warrior's Oath, right? These don't mention character names, these are just actions of a you know, within the universe. So those could have easily have been injected into the D and D set, making it much more valuable for players. Even if again, there was like little chintzy things that I didn't really care for, like little bones are throwing us. At least it would have been in the set. Now it's front loaded into the other set, which kills the hype for D and D people are not going to want to crack it more or not going to want to play it because there's nothing to really go for, uh, other than the dragon. So it super inflates the other cards in there. And now the problem is if people don't open enough of the commander Legends set, then those cards are going to stay super expensive because people didn't have enough interest. So I think there was just a lot of flaws. I mean, smothering tithe is another card that could have easily been in there again. Nothing. It, it, that's like a full treasure set and has nothing of relevance to just the, the Watsi magic world. So they really missed the ball there. Um, you know, if this had been like five months later, six months later, we might not be talking about it because it's, it's not as fresh in our heads, but this is literally back to back. And it's like, I mean, lightning bolt is a great example. That card is in the commander legends baller's gate set. And it's also has a full art here in double masters. Like that just really doesn't make much sense to me. Um, Again, why, why is it not something that they could have easily have, transferred over you know left it you know put it in the commander Legends set so there's just some really questionable calls here um and the part of this that uh, i also listened to seth and uh i kind of it kind of i didn't even think about this but it's like yeah wizards are going to do like I'm, I'm wondering if wizards is going to see this like if they always see something like this didn't work and so it's because the idea of command of a D and D doesn't work not, but really it's because no, they just didn't put good cards to go with it. So they might kill an idea for not fully understanding what was the cause of, of killing it, so to speak. Like alchemy is a great, another great example. Like people are talking about now where it's like alchemy is going to die. I think it should die out of historic, but I always think alchemy should have been separate from historic. And so they're not going to go back and fix something. They're just going to scrap it all together because they don't understand what people are actually looking for. So um, I think those are like the the off-putting things about this. But at the end of the day, like Chris said, at least we're getting that stuff in this double masters, So at least something's going to get salvaged.
2: I like all those arguments made. And I, I don't have any uh, dissenting opinions about them other than to say they just put out their... Um, what do they call it? Those player surveys. So uh-huh. if we all just... <laughs> say the same thing you just said Mm -hmm. i think you know 10 years later they'll fix it
1: (laughs) Uh, it's only 10 years that's fine i I thought you were gonna say 50 so we're good (laughs) but yeah no as i'm as i'm skimming through the list uh yeah there are so many cards from here that could have just been injected in there um
2: well because they work seven years in advance right so it's like now we're seeing we complained about white cards power level and white not having card draw and it took them about four years before we start seeing like significant I it was commander hard. cards oh my, uh,
0: my
1: no he, he was saying he's like i thought it was two years but i, I was like i think he's being funny because yeah no it's like it's like a two-year clock because and you can tell like one of the cards i got excited about for a second was like Leon and arbiter because like oh man that was like a six dollar card it's not that much but i was like oh, that's going to hit, like, like going to go rock bottom. And then I checked the, the price. It's, like, a dollar something. I was like, damn. Well, yeah, that was, like, that was like a year ago when I checked the price on this because I wanted to make a stack stack. Like, now they're literally, like, I mean, the master sets, that make them a little bit quicker. Uh, I know that much because they're reprints. So there's not – I mean, here they definitely put a little mm-hmm. more manufacturing and art, but, like, it's not a bunch of new art. It's a lot of regurgitated art with different skins. And so – they're a lot easier to manufacture. But to Chris's point, yeah. Like, I I, I get the whole thing. Uh, like, and I understand that completely. Uh, you know what my stance on that. Like, I, I like the design of uh, of sets, which is why I'm not as harsh on limited formats because they are made way you know like they're made years beforehand or whatever two years before or whatever it is and i really enjoy like the ideas of what was going on as they were making it And like yeah they missed some things i mean like inspiring overseers like a great example like capena like that was a mistake but it's hard to see how big of a mistake until like thousands of people are jamming thousands of games a day but this is something where it's like <sighs> this is controllable and, and again the reason why I say that and have more information on it is because what did they just do with the Infinity set? They just realized, oh, my God, we're going to have Streets of capena We were going to have Infinity. They were going to have Bowler's Gate and we're going to have uh, the Double Masters let's go ahead and take the infinity to <laughs> september or october and that's why they did that it's like okay so if you can make that decision why not just take the commander legends you know and move it this way or 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 double masters whatever they they just they're getting a little greedy you can feel it you can feel the greed i mean they're hitting us they're us with secret layers all the time with new sets i mean this is a lot of stuff going on they're getting a little greedy and it's going to bite them here in the rear because a set like this will still probably sell really really well but i bet if commander legends hadn't come out this past month this would have sold like mega hotcakes now people are like wallet fatigued
2: well i think Infinity itself was a special scenario because it was supposed to come out in April and at the point they had a printer delay it's like they know they can't just drop it right here in between two summer releases so they have to push it back extra far
1: no that's true but again why are they having printer delays aside from from other problems like outside of magic but i think they're also causing their own printer delays like if you have five sets coming out within the same time frame like they're all being manufactured around the same time you're going to have delays and so that's my point is like they're forcing their own concessions at times um i totally get that though like yeah like they that was a circumstances where they were forced and 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 maybe that's the only reason why I was forced to move it outside of their own um, schedule, but they're forcing the schedule changes because they're just bum rushing it, I feel like.
2: So, well, at least with SNC, like it was such a bad format. We can agree we all got tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, mind that new stuff was coming up quicker, and you can sure. only do so many Baldur Gates drafts at $25 a pop when there's no rares in them, uh, if they had fixed it so that there were better reprints in it, maybe. But right now it's like, I'm ready for double masters. I don't want to throw my one, my money away anymore.
1: No, for sure. I just, I just feel like that's like, that's crazy to me that they're saving themselves from mistakes, but that was in my Let's put it this way. I don't understand a world where you say I'm going to purposely sabotage two sets and come back and save it with another set. Why don't they just make the other two sets really good, worthy of cracking and playing multiple times? Because Kamagawa was a set we can all agree on that that was playable. I mean, that's still playable, right? Like that's a set that was done very well, had expensive cards. It's funny that there's a lot of there's not a lot of reprints in that uh set, yet there's a lot of cards worth money they could have made the other two sets like actually worth a darn. And then we wouldn't need double masters to say, thank God you're saving me from the other two crap that you gave me. No. Why don't you just make those good, spread it out. Like, that's my point is like, we're kind of used to them falling on their faces. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Like if that's what they want to set up, that's fine. But it's like, it's like the Dallas Cowboys syndrome. And I'm sorry, Micah, for bringing up your team here, but it's like, was jerry jones really the whole time saying we want to make a mediocre deck i mean a mediocre team america's team and get people used to this that way one day when we are good they'll love us or were they always trying but somehow they just kept the formula going because they're like the biggest like reality tv show to hit the market you know what i mean like what was your game plan going into making these sets so i I don't know it's it's very baffling to me
2: I still think their hit rate is good though, right? Like they're doing more sets than ever. And at least in limited, like they have probably got more positive hits than negative hits. Like,
1: absolutely. I agree with that.
2: So yeah, sometimes maybe they're pushing too hard and, but maybe part of it's also testing the boundary, right? Like, if people are getting bored, they're not buying product. And so they say, well, let's make more sets. And then they say, okay, we've never made this many at a time. Now we're having printer issues. Maybe now we need to pull back, but they got to try to fail. Right. Cause they won't know otherwise.
1: Sure. And I, I'm coming to this from an industry. I mean, both you can, you can appreciate this, Chris, cause I mean, we both have healthcare backgrounds and so. That model doesn't work in healthcare, right? Like you don't just push the boundary as far as when you're dealing with your everyday thing You're like, well, let's see how many patients we can deal with a day. And if 50 of them die, but we got a hundred of them out the door, that's a win. It's like, nope, one patient dies, that's a fail on our part. Now, we all know the statistics behind the scenes of like hundreds of thousands of people die from medication errors every year. But the point is, like, that's if that was a f- in your face front thing, that's not acceptable. And so my scope on this is yeah, they have a lot of great hits, but I'm still wanting every hit to be a hit. You know what I mean? I want, I want, I want a 99%, not a, not a 75%, you know, that's how I think of a business model, but I'm not the owner of Watsi and I'm not making millions of dollars. So what am I, who am I to, to critique them? So,
2: I mean, Watsi also knows its product, right? So like talking specifically about healthcare and my job, like I order the chemistry agents for my laboratory. Right. And so, uh, procalcitonin is used to, it was kind of found to be helpful in measuring when COVID started. And so they said, well, let's bring procalcitonin to the lab. And they wanted to see like if it was worth running for patients as opposed to sending it out. Because if you send it out, the hospital doesn't get reimbursed for it. Well, it cost roughly $1,500 per kit. And you can run a hundred tests in a kit, but if you only have three patients in a day at a small hospital, it's not worth it to bring it in because of the man hours it takes to calibrate it, QC it, run it every day, whether or not you're running patients, you know, you're using it up throughout all those testing procedures. And so it's like, they still needed to see if it was worth it because the only way to do that is to get it hands on in the lab and try it out
1: i get that i get that I, th- I think that situation is different because if we're talking about covid i mean no one knows i mean no one knew how to deal with covid i mean we were killing people because we thought that certain things were going to work and it turns out it wasn't working and killing them i think here the model is definitely different and again going back to the big point that you just made Watsi knows their numbers. No one else knows their numbers and what they're generating. They'll tell us what they're generating, but that can all be a bunch of hoopla for all we know. And that's to my point. I don't know what goes behind the scenes there, but to your to what you're saying is they have a proven rem. I mean, they have a proven formula, in my opinion. Like, if I think most people can see it, like what sells and what is too much. And to me there are some questionable things where i'm like is this part that's why it's kind of like a conspiracy theory it's like are they doing this on purpose because this doesn't make sense to most people like if i'm running a business that's not how i would conduct a business i would not i would not keep testing things like that over and over again i would i would want to improve but improvement is different from testing things like there's a difference between me saying like my assembly line and the people that I have in there like is doing really well, but you know what? I have one person in there that's getting a little older. Let's swap it out with someone else versus like, you know what? We're going to take 50 people off the street that have never done this before and throw them into my assembly line and see what happens. Like that is the difference between improvement and testing things out. And I feel like they're on the other side of where let's get the 50, you know, rookies in here. And so again, I don't know what's going on, but it it just—it always—it seems always kind of weird to me sometimes how they do this stuff. So poor Micah, just in the back there, like.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say this is maybe getting too heavy. (laughs) We could go back to double masters.
0: No, I'm having a great time. I just get to say it's like I'm listening to the podcast while we're recording it. That's uh, that's
1: how I felt last week, man. It was great.
0: Well, alrighty then. I feel like you two had a brilliant discussion there. That was. Oh, I need I need to channel my energy. That conversation was brilliant. I, that was horrible. That was, we need that was awful. <laughs> we if nothing else, drink. I wanted to be on that the... That conversation was so amazing. I can't believe it happened on air. It was incredible. That's good the, job, that's guys. Accent you it's so you. good. I can't believe it. I do not to say, the at least,
2: being on the podcast with Costa, I know in person we have a lot of these, I think, great, deep conversations that I think are useful and interesting to listen to. So... Hopefully other people feel that way.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, and and luckily we're on here to do it. So Chris doesn't think I'm getting mad. <laughs> he always seems to think I'm getting, I get him. I get very passionate for those that are listening outside of this. Uh, there's a few more words I would use, but uh, it's not me being mad. It's me being Greek. And uh, if you've ever been to a Greek person's house, that's usually pretty loud and uh, very, uh, like the Italians, a lot of, uh, a lot of hand gestures in the middle. So
0: Well, all righty then. I think that will do it for our conversation concerning Double Masters. Um, It was very interesting. Uh, I think in the end, it's like Commander stuff is fine. We all think it probably could have been better. But um, it's fine how it is, and we're all looking forward to being able to crack some packs of Double Masters here in a couple weeks. Can we all agree on that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, then, heck yeah. Costa, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, so I actually have some uh, quick picks for y'all. Go figure. So it's been a little bit. Um, I was scouring yesterday to see what I was going to talk about, and I stumbled upon Toxtrol the Corrosive. Uh, I was uh, looking at um, MTG stocks and the Goldfish website, and this popped up as something that was climbing in price. So I went and did a little digging. Turns out on uh, TCG, they're they're moving pretty pretty handily removing uh like on average like five copies a day there's only 52 uh near mint foil listings of tox roll and this is the uh showcase version i might add left um and it's a four percent of all decks uh it's pretty good uh so tox roll the showcase foil version is currently at 15 dollars uh i think it'll go uh, double up in a year to 30 i don't think that's very hard unless we get a reprint but um that's why picking the showcase because it's a very unique art if you don't like this one you want just the regular one uh you'll get it a couple bucks cheaper um i think that will still go to like 20 bucks in in any year or whatever um so you know if you just preferred that better but uh yeah talk is uh pretty pretty impressive to me no it isn't a mono black color uh or, sorry, it's not mono block for commander identity because it does have blue in the cost, um, which is also a good and a bad thing. Good thing because what I actually think is happening is if this was mono block, you would actually see it like maybe like 10% of all decks because it's so powerful. But because it's in two colors, it's a bad thing because it keeps it from being in every deck. Um, and then the last card uh, is a card that I had expressed high interest in when Streets of New Capenna came out. It's Professional Face Breaker. Um, card is also another card that moves five copies a day at least uh 55 near mint foil listings left um and 11 percent of all red decks that's extremely high for a card we just got out of streets of nikapen i mean that's really really high uh so again that's professional face breaker the uh ea or extended art foil version uh nine dollars to twenty dollars in a year uh i think that's also pretty pretty easy to see as well because again we're we're only down to 55 listings, and that was had a shorter time than Toxroll. And in fact, Toxroll has had like three printings because of the double feature and its regular version. Facebreaker has one single copy uh, other than its base copy, right? Um, so an EA and a regular, that's pretty impressive. So if you're interested in these cards, pick them up. Um, But that is it for me, man. Uh, Just a quick note. uh, We always tell you all, you know, to support your local LGSs. And we really do mean that, especially during this time. We also understand that with rising gas prices and whatnot, it's a lot harder to get out there and do that. So but even then, if you're going to the store and spending gas to go sit in your LGS, make sure you sit down and spend a little money with while you're with them. Uh, And to that note, I won't be there for the next three weeks, Chris. So you will have to do without me, but you will see Micah on release day for the Double Masters. So y'all have fun while I'm in Colorado, Um, you know, trying to get some of this cool air instead of this rotisserie hot, you know, 100 degree weather we're in in Texas. So, all right, Micah, I'm done.
0: I fully intend on FaceTiming you the entire time. All right. Uh that will do it for this edition of the MTG Untapped Podcast. What did you think about what we talked about today? Are you excited for Double Masters? Let us know on Twitter at MTG Untapped Pod or at Facebook MTG Untapped Podcast. And if you have any ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappmailback at gmail.com. If you please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it and rate and leave us a review, we would very much appreciate it. And finally, thank you. To Crazy D, can we finally get some bars in this podcast, please? And he has left the call. All right. No, I didn't you. So sorry,
2: it was disconnected all of a sudden.
0: Or right, say something that rhymes with that. I guess I don't know. Um, actually, uh, you really shouldn't have done that. We'll have to see if we're if it if we're good or not. But all right, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. We will see y'all next week later. Peace.